forgive. I almost want to give a trigger warning because forgiveness is needed because we've been hurt. And having our hurt poked hurts. It's a tough topic talking about forgiving those who've hurt us or for forgiving those who've hurt people we love. But Jesus seems to think it's pretty important. You may remember on June 17, 2015, when a 21-year-old young man walked into a Bible study in Charleston and proceeded to open fire. He killed nine people, wounded three others, some of which were children. Two days later, when he was arrested and showed up in court, family members of the victims spoke in a way that is hard to understand. They expressed pain and forgiveness. The daughter of one of the victims said, I just want everybody to know to you, I forgive you. Another family member said, you took something very precious away from me. I will never talk to her ever again. I will never be able to hold her again. But I forgive you. And I have mercy on your soul. You hurt me. You hurt a lot of people. But God forgives you, and I forgive you. The son of a third victim, the last quote I'll share, he said, I would just like you to know that I forgive you and my family forgives you. But we would like you to take this opportunity to repent. Repent, confess. Give your life to the one that matters the most, Christ, so he can change it. Change your ways no matter what happened to you. Do that and you'll be better off than you are right now. How do we forgive as these people forgave? Does it mean that we ignore what happened and we, and we say, oh, it's okay. It's, it's okay what happened. No, even these people acknowledged that what happened was wrong, that there's hurt. I think it's helpful to acknowledge that hurt or anger, well, I'll say it's anger, rightly, comes from pain, which comes from injustice. The healthy response to injustice is anger. If we do not get angry, there's actually something wrong with us. But the model of forgiveness is Jesus. Jesus on the cross who says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That Jesus didn't have to be on the cross. He says earlier, no one takes my life from me. I freely lay it down. That Jesus chose to be crucified. Why? That Jesus, 
who sees you and I suffer and experience pain and injustice and ridicule and misunderstanding and abuse, that God does not stand far off and just watch. That's how it feels. God, I'm going through hell here, and it feels like you don't even care. People just hurt me, and they get away with it. Look, look how happy they are. They're moving on with their life, and I have to carry this pain, especially the pain of abuse. Abuse is like, a, it's like this sticky tar that gets thrown on us. You did this to me, and I have to carry this pain, this burden? Jesus does not stand off watching, like in the lifeguard chair or up on the 10th floor. But Jesus chooses to come and embrace the cross. That on the cross, Jesus experienced every injustice, every pain, every suffering that we have ever done or has ever been done to us. That Jesus freely chooses out of love to go to the cross to be in that place of pain so that we would never have to be in that place of pain alone. It's the choice of what Jesus even says today to the person who strikes you on one cheek offer the other one as well. The person who takes your cloak, give him your tunic as well. What's he saying there? He's saying, I can choose to be a victim, or I can choose to say, you're not doing this to me. I'm allowing this to be done. Which is, why, why would I want hurt to be done? But it's a choice to stand and be on the cross. But what we encounter there is the one who chooses out of love to be there with us. The Jesus who is the innocent one, Jesus who is the just one, chooses to experience injustice. And so when you and I, when we get angry at injustice, nobody gets angrier than the Lord. That the Lord is right there with us. And he looks over at you and I and he says, What's this like for you? And, and I say, I don't want to be here. I hate this. I want it to stop. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And the Lord says, that's okay. You don't, you don't have to talk about it. But when you're ready, I want to hear all about it. Because the Lord knows and that's why he's talking about forgiveness so much here today. That when you and I, when we hold on to unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. <clears throat> How is that just? And when we hold on to it, it that, that, it's like this black poison that burns us from the inside out. It makes us bitter and resentful. It makes us want to take justice into our own hands. In our first reading, we hear of David. What's going on there? David, his life is being sought. Saul is trying to kill him. Like, what are you, what are you, 
look at what he's doing to me. And, and David has reason to fight back. I mean, look at how he's treating me. Look at what he did to me. I am justified by doing something back. But David doesn't do that. That he chooses to love as God loves. That God gives him life. And then ultimately, it's God who will bring justice one day. That the Lord is the one who brings justice. For who can lay hands on the Lord's anointed and remain unpunished? You mean I can't do anything to them? I was like, wait, hold on a second. The first one who's the Lord's anointed is you and I. You and I who've been chosen, given life, given divine grace and baptism. That you and I, we've been anointed with sacred chrism. And that the one who's going to be defended, first and foremost, is us. Now, I, I, I want to, I mean, I have an idea for justice here. Let me, you know, let me just have a few minutes. And the Lord says, no. Do you, do you trust me? That this, this sense of injustice that you feel, this longing for things to be made right, is because God has a plan to make it right. But that's his, his thing, not mine. That he is the judge. He's the just judge, not me. And, it, and, and yes, we need lawful justice in our society. We need, thankfully, police and judges and court systems. We need all that to, to seek justice as much as we can. But if we think that that worldly stuff will give me justice and peace, it, it's not. But there's a deeper sense of justice and peace that will come about by the Lord on the last day. And so David steps back to say, it's judgment, retribution is not mine, that this is the Lord's anointed. And so I'm going to treat him according to his dignity, not according to his actions. I'm going to treat him with mercy according to his dignity, not according to his actions. I wonder if that's one way that we can love others. Like our psalm says, as a father has compassion on his children. Compassion actually means to suffer with. Jesus has compassion on us. He suffers with us. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That you and I, who are the children of God, sons and daughters, that sometimes, sometimes children can be really mean. Sometimes children can do things that are really rotten. Even intentionally. Well, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They're just being kids. Sometimes kids, they, they know what they're doing. But, but do they really know what they're doing? That, is it not true? Have we not experienced that it's hurt people hurt people? That doesn't justify it. It doesn't make the pain go away. But it helps me to recognize that this person who hurt me is actually hurting themselves. And what they need is not just a swift kick in the pants, but maybe, but what they need, what they need is a Lord who wants to heal their hurt. What they need is a Lord who wants to choose to enter into their hurt with them. And then maybe the Lord wants to enter into their hurt with them 
through us or other people being willing to enter into their hurt with them and to love them, that what heals is not punishment, but love. The one thing that heals in life is love. Even when people have justice in court, does, does it take away the, the wrong? Does it take away the pain? No. That justice doesn't heal. Love is what heals. And it's his love on the cross, choosing to be with us in our suffering, that is to heal us. That we can only become people of forgiveness and mercy and healing if we allow the Lord to come to pour his love into our hurt, our injustice, our pain, our sin, our brokenness. That I'm a hurt person and I hurt people, but first and foremost, I hurt myself. When I choose sin, I hurt myself. And then I beat myself up for making bad choices. It's like this cycle. And the Lord says, it's okay. I know that you're just a hurt person hurting yourself and hurting others. That I love you and I invite you to come to me and to tell me all about it. An invitation for prayer is to tell the Lord, Lord, what happened? What's happening? And how is it affecting me? But it takes courage to do that. The average person doesn't want to do it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It happened. It's in the past. Time heals all wounds. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I don't know if time's healing that wound. Um, <laughs> actually, the truth is time doesn't heal wounds. That any wound unattended festers. And usually it gets triggered later on when something else happens. And... And it's like, ooh, why did that hurt so bad? That's usually, you ever step in, step in a bear trap? I mean, not literally. But you, you, make, you make a comment to somebody, and it's just like, <sighs> Or all of a sudden, somebody says something to you, and it triggers you, and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? What's happening is we're tapping into hurt that has not been healed or dealt with yet. And the Lord doesn't want us to walk around hurting all the time. And so he invites us to come to him and to, to open up and to kind of let, let all that black poison out. And as we do that, as we have the courage to face the hurt that's been there the whole time, that we try to ignore, that we try to medicate, that we try to escape from, that's what sin is. Sin is an escape mechanism. But if you and I have courage and we know that we have a God who loves us, and I turn towards him instead of trying to take things in my own hands, that as I, as I pour out that black poison, that it actually now gives me space to receive his love. That this is the key to healing. It's turning to the Lord and saying, let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you how that has affected me in my life. Let me tell you what it's like to see these other people I care about hurt and be treated unjustly. Let me tell you how that's affecting me. And as I pour out that pain, it creates a space where his love can pour forth and fill me. But if that hurt doesn't get out, it's like a a blemish that's not fully evacuated and it just gets infected again, that that pain has to come out. 
and you know when it's out. that then we're able to forgive. And so the Lord loves us. He wants us to forgive so that we have the space and heart open to be able to be forgiven. That maybe I don't have to hurt so much anymore. That his heart loving me in my wounded heart can help me to love again and by his grace, forgive.